My name is Michael Sasaki. I'm one of the elders here at the Kakako Christian Fellowship. A few weeks ago, you had Neil come up and speak, and Neil was talking about why well, he went deep on the bench. I'm, I'm sure almost none of you have seen me up here, so they're going deep on the bench to bring me up here. It's an honor to come up and speak, and I really enjoy um, these times, the few that I've, I've done it, because I get a chance to I'll kind of delve into God's Word more than um, what I should be doing. But uh, <laughs> when you think about the book of Judges, uh, what comes to mind? Uh, I asked my wife this, and when, when I was asked about this, I was like, uh, no, nothing. You know, so, you know, sorry, it's a, it's a tough uh, book. Actually, Aaron did a great job with the bulletin cover. If you take a look at your bulletin, you know, that's exactly what I think of when I think of Judges. Barren, you know, rocky. You know, nothingness. <laughs> but, um, or if you're a little bit more familiar with the Bible, then maybe you think of some of the heroes of Judges, like Gideon or uh, Samson, or maybe if you know your Bible of, of Deborah, and we'll be talking about Deborah today. But I remember reading Judges a long time ago uh, as being a really a challenging and difficult book to get through. And so I was a surprise when I read it through um, this round that is actually pretty exciting. I mean, there's... Um, there's wild action, and there's lots of violence, and there's <laughs> intrigue, and there's heroes that are flawed, and you see them, you know, kind of what God can do in their life. And so I think I enjoyed going through Judges this round, and I really hope that you can kind of uh, come at it with a different, uh, different set of eyes. And so Judges happened in a dark period of Israel's history. So it was between when they got delivered from Egypt, they were um, in the promised land, so they came out of the leadership of Moses and Joshua, um, but this was before the first kings of Israel were appointed, so Saul, David, Solomon. And so they were kind of a loose collection of tribes. They didn't have a king, nor did they want a king. And, um, uh, and I think the last verse of Judges, Judges 21-25, uh, really kind of sums up this period uh, in Israel's history. It says, in those days, Israel had no king. All the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. So again, it was really kind of a, a little bit of a wild period, a wild time in Israel's history. And this was a period of about 200 years. Yet, throughout Judges, you'll see God is faithful. And so he raised up leaders, or judges, which is hence the title of the book, that were, that were raised up to deliver the people from the enemies that oppressed them. And the judges were not kings, but they were leaders in the tribes, the different tribes. And they may or may not have had any other administrative duties. So I don't know, uh, it wasn't really clear if they you know, ruled over the people in other, other ways. I think Deborah was probably the closest to what we, when we think of a judge. Um, but they, almost always, they led the people in battle against the enemies. And so why do we study judges? So I have three reasons why uh, it's a good idea to study Judges. Uh, studying Judges helps us recognize the cycle of sin. And if you read through Judges, you're going to feel like you're reading the same story over and over again. And uh, there's a reason for that. Judges 3, 5 through 11, you, um, when you start reading, it kind of encapsulates everything that you're going to read in Judges. Uh, Othniel, the first judge, is a template for the rest of the book of Judges. And so how, where does this cycle start? It really starts with disobedience. And this is kind of the key, because this is what affected Israel throughout the book. 
So when they entered the land of Canaan, uh, they failed to obey God's command. And what did God command? In Deuteronomy 20, 17, and 18, God said, completely destroy them, the Hittites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, a whole bunch of people there, that the Lord has commanded you. Otherwise, they will teach you to follow all the detestable things they do in worshiping their gods, and you will sin against the Lord your God. So very clear as to what they needed to do when they were given the promised land. But as we see in Judges, Judges 3, 5, and 6, so the, so the people of Israel lived among the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and Jebusites. So clearly, they did not obey what God had commanded them to do. In fact, this, it goes on to say, Israelite sons married their daughters, and Israelites' daughters were given in marriage to their sons. And then what was the result? The Israelites served their gods. You know, just like God said, you know, if you don't get rid of them, this is what's going to happen, and it did. This one act of disobedience plagued Israel throughout the book of Judges, and that's like 200 years. So disobeyed God, had to deal with it for the next 200 years. Now, the cycle, in a nutshell, uh, is this. People do evil in the eyes of the Lord, and you'll see that phrase repeated in Judges. And the people did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and so in Judges, idolatry is the major sin that they committed. And God becomes angry and allows them to become captive. So again, the, they left the people there. Those people uh, caused them to sin. God caused, allowed them to be captive of those enemies. And then the people become oppressed. So when they're oppressed, you know, they, they repent, and then they cry out to God. God feels sorry for them, and he raises up a deliverer, a judge, you know, who then goes to war, frees the people from their captives, and then the people live peacefully under that judge until that judge dies. And then what happens? They forget, and then they sin, and then the cycle repeats. And unfortunately, uh, that is basic human nature. And I think we can all relate to that, where you know, we do things and we're like, oh, that was such a bad decision. Lord, forgive me for doing that. And then you, you know, turn around the next month or the next couple of months and you're like, oh, that was such a bad decision. Lord, forgive me for doing that. But that is human nature. And really, again, the, the root cause is disobedience. Human nature draws us into that cycle. And we find ourselves kind of stuck in that. And you see the Israelites throughout Judges stuck in that cycle of sin. But another reason why we want to study Judges is that it highlights the stories of God's deliverers. So it shows that, yes, there's a cycle of sin, but yes, there is deliverance from that cycle. And so it helps us realize the importance of godly leadership. And so all leadership may be God-ordained, but the people prosper under godly leadership. So Judges 2.18, whenever the Lord raised up a judge over Israel, he was with that judge and rescued the people from their enemies throughout that judge's lifetime. Proverbs 29.2 also says, when the godly are in authority, people rejoice, but when the wicked are in power, they groan. And I think um, for those of you who work under, you know, maybe not godly leadership, there's some, some uh, groaning there. But godly leadership, uh, one of the hallmarks of god godly leadership is that they obey God's commands. And so in Judges, you can see the results of the disobedience. Again, we talked about Israel's disobedience. 
Later on, as we close out the series, we'll see Samson and his disobedience. And then we see the results of obedience in the stories of Deborah and of Gideon, of, people, of judges that were obedient to what God called them to do, and you see what God can do through their lives. And lastly, studying judges reveals the result of your worldview. And so we had a whole series about worldview, talking about what is, you know, what is a common worldview, how do you develop it, what is God's worldview. Um, but Judges kind of highlights uh, the results of having the wrong worldview. So we mentioned Judges 21-25, uh, where it says, In those days Israel had no king. All the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. And so that meant sin became the right thing to do. Right? It was a worldview. It's not that they were like, oh, this is bad, I'm going to do it anyway. But it's like they really felt that this was right, and this is right for me, so I'm going to go do it. But then so sin became the right thing to do. And the scary thing is that that's where we are today, right? Everybody's kind of, you know, what's right for you may be right for you, but, you know, don't tell me what to do because, you know, it's not right for me. Right? And, and the problem with that is that it, there is no right or wrong. Right. Today, the worldview is there isn't a right or wrong. It's kind of like whatever is, is good for you. But if there's no wrong, then there's no reason to repent. And if there's no repentance, then there's no deliverance. And so that's a dark place to be in. You're stuck in that cycle. And so Judges gives us a peek into kind of where we're headed as a nation now, but there is a answer. It, Judges also talks about God's worldview. It shows us God's heart for his people. It shows us that God really, really, really loves us. And as you see throughout Judges, again, he repeatedly raised up a leader to deliver his people, even if they were wicked, even if they fell away again, even if they didn't remember the lesson that they learned from the first judge. You know, God was uh, faithful. And he extended grace. And aren't we glad that God is a God of grace. He's not a three strikes and you're out, but it's grace upon grace. So this is what Judges shows us. And um, the truth about God's worldview in Judges reveals that sin leads to slavery and repentance leads to redemption. So that's kind of the overarching uh, truth in Judges. So now I'd like to kind of talk about the first judge that we see, or first major judge that we see in uh, Judges, and that's Deborah. And she's an example of godly leadership. Now, I love business. I'm kind of wired that way. I enjoy business. I like reading leadership books. I like watching movies about, you know, great leaders, inspirational leaders, like Remember the Titans, you know, but... But um, so when I was asked to speak about judges, I was like, yeah. Well, no, not really. <laughs> I'm like, rocks. Then I found out that I had to speak about Deborah, and then I'm like, oh, did I offend Max in some way? <laughs> like, what am I going to talk about? Um, but I guess now that Max is in charge, he can just assign topics that he doesn't want to cover to somebody else. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate it. But uh, when I got to reading it, if <laughs> you know, I, I saw that really it's, a, uh, it's about leadership. Deborah is about leadership, the story of Deborah. And so that kind of opened my heart a little bit, and I got a little bit excited about um, you know, what God was going to reveal. And I did have a revelation. 
about leadership. Something that was a, a, a different take. So I want to share that with you today. So leadership doesn't just apply to corporate leadership or business leadership. Or in the case of the church, it doesn't necessarily just apply to again, pastors or ministry leaders. Um, it really is about how we conduct ourselves when God calls our number. You know, so even in big situations or small situations, you know, whatever situation that you've been called to do, it's, leadership is about how you conduct what you've been called to do. Um, I don't know if you've heard the phrase, everyone is a leader, um, but personally, every time I hear that, I, you know, it, it, it kind of bugs me, because then I'm like, okay, well, if everyone's a leader, then who are the followers, right? <laughs> but one of the things that came out of this is, okay, we're not all leading at the same time, nor are we leading in the same areas, and most importantly, and I think what I got from this, is we're not leading in the same way. And so, yes, everyone is a leader, uh, but it's not always what you think of when you, somebody says, hey, you're a leader, because God has so many different facets of what a leader means. And so, let's go into the story of Deborah. So, who is Deborah? Judges 4.4 introduces her and says, now Deborah, a prophet, the life of, wife of Lapido, was leading Israel at the time. She held court under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim, and the Israelites went up to her to have their disputes decided. So we learn that Deborah is an ordinary citizen, so she's not royalty, she didn't have uh, special training, she didn't have any, any advanced degrees, but yet she was a really unique leader in that she was the only woman judge uh, in the Bible, or called to lead Israel, and she was so respected that she had a tree named after her, right? the palm of Deborah. You know, not too many people in the Bible can claim that they had a tree named after her. And then people came up, came up to her in the hill country. So again, as you look at the bulletin, those are not some nice happy hills. You know, they're, they're rugged hills. But So she lived up in the hills. People came to her because they wanted to, her wisdom. She was a prophet and a wife. And then you'll see through the story, she became a military leader. So she initiated and led Israel to victory over the Canaanites. And on top of all that, she was a, a singer and songwriter. Top of the charts in her day. Judges 5, the song of Deborah, is one of the oldest songs recorded in the Bible. So anyway, so her story starts. So where, where, where is Israel at the time? So the Israel has sinned. No surprise. We know the cycle of sin. They have been oppressed by Jabin, who's a Canaanite king. His commander of the army was Sisera, who had 900 iron chariots. And this is repeated multiple times in the story, so it's a big deal. It's kind of like cutting-edge military technology at the time. So pretty much he was uh, indefeatable. And Deborah was already a prophet and a judge, uh, ruling under the palm of Deborah. And then God calls her to something more. And so we see a godly leader in action. So here are, here's what we can learn from Deborah's example. So godly leaders are used by God when they walk in their gifting. Now this is the part that I think was really an eye-opener for me. So Deborah walked in her gifting of prophecy. She was a prophet, and she was called to be a military leader. Well, what did she do? She walked in her gifting of prophecy. First, she prophesied over Barak, uh, who was a military general of one of the tribes at the time, not Obama. 
and uh, in the battle of Jabin's army. So Barak, in Judges uh, 4, 6-7, we see, she says, One day she sent for Barak, son of Abimelech, who lived in Kadesh, in the land of Naphtali. She said to him, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, commands you. Call out 10,000 warriors from the tribes of Naphtali and Zebulun at Mount Tabor, and I will call out Sisera, commander of Jabin's army, along with his chariots and warriors to the Kishon River, and there I will give you victory over him. So that's her prophetic word over Barak. Barak responded, okay, I will go, but only if you go with me. All right, so some people say maybe he was a little bit of a coward. You know, other people said, no, 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 it's because he wanted God's blessing, so he wanted Deborah with him. But whatever the case, she even you know, rebuked him with prophecy. She said, I will go, but... I will go, but you will receive no honor in this venture, for the Lord's victory over Sisera will be at the hands of a woman. Now you think, oh, that means she's going to like do something, you know, God's going to have her lead. But actually, if you read the story, and I'm not going to spoil it for you, because you've got to read it, um, Sisera gets a spike through the head. Yeah, it's in there. I was shocked. It's pretty violent. But anyway... And then she went with him, and she even prophesied over the time that he was to strike. So we see later in Judges 4.14, she says, Get ready, for this is the day the Lord will give you victory over Sisera. The Lord is marching ahead of you. you know, so again, she's walking in her gifting as a prophet. And so when we walk in our gifting, God can use us. What would happen if God said, Okay, Deborah, we want you to defeat you know, uh, Sisera and his 900 chariots. And she's like, Great. I am going to be a brilliant military strategist, and I'm going to come up with a plan. You know, what would happen? They would fail miserably, right? Because Israel was outgunned. Uh, they had no chance of winning that, that war. But she, instead, she walked in the area for gifting, and uh, God came through. Uh, so, for example, uh, 2011, and this is very relevant because we just saw Jared and Tiana up here. Uh, Carrie and I went to Alaska Blaze, which I think was the first team that Jared took up. To Alaska and uh, we really didn't know how God was going to use us because we're both professionals and we couldn't figure out how that skill set fit in with what Jared and Tiana were doing in Alaska and um, I, could, I found out what I'm not gifted at I'm not gifted at physical labor I think that's good it's holding the tent pole uh, <laughs> in fact setting up that tent you had to pound in these huge spikes and um, lifting it so I, I had to Kitchens, everyone is kind of going around. We had island breeze there, which are these big Polynesians and New Zealanders. And so they're going with their with the sledgehammer swinging it. And then it comes to my turn, and I'm like, whoa, this is like 20 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even give a full swing. So I just gave like a couple of half pounds <laughs> and then gave it to the next guy. But uh, that that definitely was not my, my gifting. But um, at the time, Carrie actually was leading the sound ministry here. And it just so happened that when we were up there, the sound guy for uh, the Alaska Ablaze uh, camp couldn't make it. That was the first year he couldn't make it. He had some other co commitment that conflicted. And so, lo and behold, God used Carrie's gifting in the sound ministry to fill the gap. And we actually, that's what we did. We ran sound. So there's a picture of her running sound. I was kind of the setup guy, you know, setting up uh, all of the wiring and the speakers, and we did that. And actually, we were able to be used so much so that 
that was, I, I don't know if they've done this before, but um, they were actually able to send out a team, a separate team, to go to other villages. And that was the first year that they did that. And uh, it's because they had, we could split the sound system up and we had people that knew how to run it and we could go out with them. So that was absolute blessing. So God did use us on that trip. And so, uh, again, we were walking in our gifting and God ended up using us. The second um, point on leadership that we can learn from Deborah is that godly leaders build up those they lead when they submit to God's plan. And godly leaders build up those they lead when they submit to God's plan. So Deborah submitted to God's plan when she stepped out in faith and went uh, with Barak. And in turn, she actually built up Barak's faith. So back to Judges 4, 8, and 9. Barak told her, okay, I will go, but only if you go with me. And she turns around and says, very well, I will go with you. And we talked about, she said, you will receive no honor because the Lord's victory will be at the hands of a woman. But Deborah went with Barak. But she could have said, Barak, you are the general. Man up, you know, not me. Or she could have found someone else and said, okay, if you don't want to do it, I'm going to go find someone else. But she knew that God's word was to call Barak. And what did she do? She did everything that she could to support Barak in fulfilling the word of, that the Lord had for him. So much so that um, Barak actually is mentioned in Hebrews 11. So he went from this guy, uh, you know, I'm not going to do it on my own, to being raised up as one of the heroes in the faith. So he's mentioned along with Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel. And so really what Deborah did is she built Barak up. And that's what godly leaders do. I'm going to bring Alaska Blaze back into it, and Jared and Tiana as examples of godly leaders. And so they submitted to God's plan, because at the time, Ela was, I want to say, two or three, and Ankara was one. And so they said, hey, we're going to lead this team, and we're going to take our whole family to Alaska. And now that we have kids, that's crazy. Absolutely <laughs> nuts. We haven't gone back because we have kids, but, you know, but they said, we're going to lead the team and we're going to go. And they did. And they stepped out in faith. They were obedient to God's word. And then now look, you know, how many teams of people have they taken up? How many people have they raised up in you know, their faith? You know, so not only did, I'm sure, you know, they were blessed, but they've been able to raise up so many other leaders because they were faithful in what God asked them to do at a really difficult, difficult time. It would have been very easy for them to say, Hey, not now, Lord. Our kids are, you know, basically babies. You know, let's wait on that. But instead, they said yes and looked at the results of what happened. And then finally, godly leaders respond with humility and gratitude so that God is glorified. Uh, Deborah responded to the victory over Sisera with humility and gratitude in the, the Song of Deborah. So in chapter 5 in Judges, we see, she starts it with Israel's leaders took charge and the people gladly followed. Praise the Lord. It says, listen, you kings, pay attention, you mighty rulers, for I will sing to the Lord. Not I will sing of my great deeds, but I will sing to the Lord. I will make music to the Lord, the God of Israel. And then she takes time to recount what God had done for the Israelites in the past. She said, Lord, when you set out from Seir and marched across the fields of Edom, the earth trembled. And the cloudy skies poured down rains. The mountains quaked in the presence of the Lord, the God of Mount Sinai, in the presence of the Lord, the God of Israel. So she's recounting 
when God came and delivered the Ten Commandments to them, when God marched through the wilderness with them. And so she's giving glory to God. And then she also is grateful for the, those people that stepped forward, the 10,000 that when Barak went and called them. She says in Judges 5, 9, My heart goes out to the commanders of Israel who offered themselves willingly among the people. Bless the Lord. So when we respond with humility and gratitude, God is glorified. And so this is actually an area that, um, from a leadership perspective, I think God has um, kind of been teaching me, and I've been uh, hopefully learning. Because I always, when I pray, I've had opportunities to say, okay, God, you know, bless me as a leader, you know, whatever situation that I'm in. But in my mind, I'm always thinking that he's going to bless me with, you know, like a really awesome decision or, you know, He's going to raise me up in a charismatic way. But what I found uh, uh, through the years is that he's really blessed me with that spirit of uh, gratitude and being uh, and, and humility, and which is not what I thought would be a leadership example. But then I look back on the opportunities that I've had and the times that I've been able to talk to people about God or the times that uh, God's spirit has been highlighted are the result of my responding to situations with gratitude or responding to situations in a humble way. And then that kind of perks people's interest. And I've had people ask, oh, you know, are you a Christian? And I'm like, oh, why do, why do you ask? And they said, oh, because I've never seen somebody respond to uh, another person like that in this type of situation, whether it's a stressful situation or if it's a tough situation. And so I've had opportunity to say, you know, yes, you know, and it's because of God's grace. And it's been, that's kind of been my open door. So this is truly something that I think um, we can learn from Deborah's example. And so in conclusion, Deborah is one of the first of some very interesting judges. We're kicking off the series in Judges. We have some uh, exciting things ahead. I think we're talking about Gideon, talking about Samson. So I can't wait to see what God's going to uh, do for us when we go through the book of Judges. So as a reminder, as we go through the book of Judges, let's pray that we free ourselves from the cycle of sin. So Jesus came and died and has already redeemed the world so you can break free from the cycle of sin. And because Jesus died for us, God grants us repentance and delivers us from spiritual slavery. So let's call out to God and repent from our sins and then we'll receive his deliverance. Uh, second thing that we can pray about as we go through the series is that we follow Deborah's godly leadership example. It's talking about walking in your gifting, that you uh, be available to God. Or um, talked about submitting to God's plan, and we'll see people around us being raised up. And then responding with humility and gratitude, and let God be glorified. And lastly, what we want to do as we go through this series is focus on God's worldview. We want to do what is right in God's eyes, not in our own eyes, but we want to really understand what is God saying uh, through judges. And then we want to seek God's heart for the lost as we see him, see his heart for the people in judges as we can, he's reaching out again and again to them. And then we want to test the results of our worldview. So we know that sin leads to slavery and repentance leads to redemption. So are you living a redeemed life or are you living still enslaved to you know, the flesh or in spiritual slavery? 
And then, um, if so, then maybe it is your worldview that uh, you should be looking at. So uh, let's bow our heads in prayer. All right, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you again for Judges. Um, and it is a difficult book to go through, but thank you again for giving us new eyes as we read through the stories of Judges. And um, really, just open our hearts to what you have to say to us uh, through the different leaders that you've raised up in Judges and through that account of history, Lord. And we ask that you would um, yeah, just bless the Miyamoto's in their ministry as well. Bless the Alaska Blaze team as they uh, continue up and minister to uh, the Athabascan village. And we just ask that everybody, um, that you would kind of highlight in everybody's life what areas that they can be a leader. What, er what giftings have you blessed them with that they can start walking in to start um, being raised up as a leader. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.